0: We are continuing in our study of the gospel according to John. It's, it's always been my habit since I've been preaching for 27 years now almost, <laughs> if you can believe that. It's always been my habit to preach through books because that enables us to keep things in context. And, and by keeping things in context, I think we can usually get a much deeper and fuller meaning of what a particular text has to do with. So we're going to be opening up our Bibles this morning to John chapter 8. And we're going to be studying the verses 12 through 30. Uh, This is a conversation that Jesus has, or or speaking that Jesus does after the affair, the business with the uh, the woman that was caught in adultery, who was brought uh, by the Pharisees before Jesus. uh, You know, bringing to his attention the fact that such a woman that the 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 Bible would say that she she needs to be stoned to death and so we consider that in detail uh, all of of last week Uh, but what we have now is a continuation of the conversation that Jesus is engaged in so we're going to be reading verses 12 through 30 here You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I am the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, Therefore, where is your Father? Jesus answered you know neither me nor my father if you knew me you would know my father also these words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come and so he said again to them I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin or I am going you cannot come So the Jews said, Will he kill himself? Since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come. He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning, I have uh, much to say to you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. I don't know about you, but I love, 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 love the Gospel of John. I mean, I love all the Gospels. The Gospel of John just speaks to me on a personal level like maybe the others don't so much and I just love it Uh, but here we have the second of what are called the I am statements of Jesus he back uh, in chapter 6 it said that he he said I am the bread of life and we studied that a number of weeks ago now he says in this passage that I am the light of the world Uh, if you've been with me while we've been studying the Gospel of John, if you think back back in the prologue, even though it wasn't called the light of the world at that point, uh, Jesus was uh, alluded to as being light in the prologue in verses one, uh, uh, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and some of the others as well. So this concept is not foreign to the Gospel of John up to this point, but he really brings it home for us. And Jesus does in saying that I indeed am the light of the world. Now, I don't know how much you know about light. Most of you know that I was a scientist first, even before I became a believer. And, and, and that sort of thing. But uh, So I, I know a little bit about light. I used to teach physics to high school kids and that sort of thing. Never taught... Physics at the college level, even though I did teach other science classes. That uh, light can be a most elusive thing. For instance, you can turn off the light switch, and what do you have? You have dark. But if you want to know what the technical definition of light is, it is a form of electromagnetic radiation or energy that moves through space and matter in the form of an advancing wave or some in some aspects as a particle, okay? What we know it to be is this, it is what makes the dark light, right? If you don't have light then you have dark. And so we know that light, and we know that light is a good thing. Can you imagine living in a world that was utterly dark all the time? Not being able to see. Seeing is one of the greatest blessings that God ever bestowed upon us, that we can look out around us and we can see each other. We can see ourselves in a mirror. we can see this glorious and wonderful universe that God has created for our benefit in this world that we live in. And it's all because of light. If there was no light, we would see nothing. And this is what we need to glean from this as far as Jesus being the light. He is the light that reveals to us the person and the character of God. In other words, if you want to know what what God is like, then the only thing you have to do is look at Jesus. Jesus is a perfect image of the light of God. And he's very specially and specifically qualified to do this because we understand that Jesus himself is God. He's the perfect manifestation in a human being of the character of God. There's a sense in which God is visible to us through creation, through what we call natural revelation because we look at and we look upon the universe and anyone that has a lot of, uh, of knowledge and understanding of things would, would really, really honestly have to come to the conclusion that there has to be some force, some being behind all of this because things like this universe just don't happen. Creation reveals the absolute necessity in the existence of God to us, and part of that is done through this form of energy that we call light, that we're able to see it, we're able to sense it. Unless God wants to make himself manifest to us, he, in in essence, is invisible to us. Did you know that God is here right now in this room? How many people here see him? I hope and I pray that there will be a sense in which we will, in fact, sense him being here this morning. If you actually see him, please do not leave without telling me about it. Jesus came to save us. But he also came to make God knowable to us. That we would know him as he is. He is the perfect manifestation of God in a human person we have this activity going on within us we call it our sinful nature that blinds us to the reality and the righteousness of God it is Jesus and the Holy Spirit that enables us to experience God and to know God. Jesus also in the Sermon on the Mount says this. He doesn't only say in, place, in another number of places in the scriptures that he is the light. He also says in the Sermon on the Mount as recorded in the, the Gospel of Matthew that you are the light of the world. That you being You, that when Christ indeed is our Lord and Savior, when the Holy Spirit indwells us, there is a sense in which we become the light bearers of God into the darkness of the otherwise very dark world. That is a phenomenal thing. It's hard to believe, but it's true. The people that know you, in particular the people who know that you're a believer, their impression of you has much to do with their impression of the God that you serve. Is that important? Very important. It's very important that we become reflectors, true reflectors, of the light of Christ shining into the world. In other words, we are part of the mechanism through which Jesus reveals his person and character to other people. Now that sounds to me like a pretty uncomfortable place to be. The last thing I want is for anybody to think that I am a perfect representation of what even a Christian ought to be. But just let me say this, the likeness of Christ, if you're a believer, the likeness of Christ is to some degree there. You're not devoid of it. And it's something that will be obvious to other people. Even though maybe you don't see it yourself. Believers are different than unbelievers. In ways that it becomes obvious to people. That's kind of a scary thing, isn't it? Do you want that responsibility? I don't. I don't want other people's impression of Christ to be their impression of me. I just don't. But nonetheless, that is what we're called to be. And called to do. so are we being the light of Christ in this world I hope so I hope we're doing that as individuals but we're also doing it as a church body the Pharisees here also question Jesus' testimony because Their conclusion is this, is you're saying these things about yourself. You're the only one testifying to these things, so why should we believe it? When the biblical standard, by the way, is that for something to be established as being true, there has to be at least two witnesses. And you're the only one that is telling us this. So how are we supposed to know that what you're saying is actually true? In other words, they're asking him, what other witness do you have? that these things that you're saying are true? And they're confident that he doesn't have any. The fact of the matter is that Jesus does have substantiating witnesses. God the Father, chapter 8, verse 18, God the Holy Spirit is testifying to the reality of who Jesus is, and he's already revealed that to people like Nicodemus. Jesus is not only testifying about himself, he has also the testimony of God the Father, who at his baptism said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. He has a witness of the Holy Spirit, uh, who, who Jesus has already spoken with Nicodemus the Pharisee, by the way, about. And let me just say this, it's the Holy Spirit that brings the testimony of Jesus to home upon us. That it's the Holy Spirit who works in us and enlightens us to the reality and the truth of God and of Jesus Christ. Something that, like we said before, he's already revealed to Nicodemus, the Pharisee. But as we said before, we also are called to bear witness of him and of God the Father. There are many people in this world today that continue to question Jesus in this same line. We would have to be honest to conclude that there's a large percentage of the world that questions this this idea that Jesus is light, that Jesus is God. See, these Pharisees that are challenging Jesus on that particular day have long since passed. And they know what the truth is at this point. I want to suggest this morning something that some people might disagree with. But I think we have every reason to believe that it is true. And that is this that Jesus Christ and the Church of Jesus Christ has had more impact upon this world than any other thing ever has in all of its history. It has reached further, it, is, it has attracted more people, drawn more people in. It is by far, even today, even though Islam is gaining ground, you need to understand that, it still is a relatively smaller denom- or religion than Christianity is. See, in killing Jesus, because these, these men, you know, Jesus alludes to this fact that they are going to lift him up. In other words, he's alluding to the idea there that they, in fact, are going to play a part in killing him. There's a picture of the cross there in this particular conversation. And they will lift him up, and they will kill him, and they will think that they're doing the world a big favor. And you know what? They were right. Now you may be going, why would he say something like that? I hope that maybe you're thinking that at this point. But I'm saying that because of this, because it was absolutely essential for all of that stuff to pl- take place in order that you and I would be here today and we would ne- proclaim the name of Christ. Jesus had to die. He had to be lifted up. You need to understand some other things, too, and that is this. Jesus died because of sin in the world. It wasn't just because of these particular people. A matter of fact, there's a sense in which these guys did us a favor when they killed our Lord. Because apart from that, you and I would not have salvation. It was absolutely necessary for Jesus to die that we would have eternal life. It is not unusual, my friends, for those who follow Satan in his sinful ways to claim to be children of God. There's a sense in which every single religion other than Christianity does that very thing. There are lots of counterfeit religions in this world. Those that perhaps we might be most concerned about would be the things that we call cult religions. You may not realize it, but every one of them had roots in Christianity. The founding fathers or mothers of particular cult religions, they were all claiming at one time to be Christians. And what they've done is they've essentially led people away from Christ rather than leading him to Christ. And what they are, in fact, is perversions of Christianity. They're not Christianity at all. Some of them claim to be, but they're not. As we said before, Christianity is, it's the biggest religion, religious group that has ever existed in the world, by a long shot. Today, there are 7.5 billion people in the world who identify themselves as Christians. Now, you and I both understand that that doesn't necessarily mean that all of those people are Christians. Because we've known people, and, and I was one of those people at one time that you know, would associate themselves with Christ when in fact they really don't even know what being a Christian is. There was a time when being an American almost was synonymous with being a Christian. If you were an American, it was assumed that you were also a Christian. But we understand that that is a falsehood. It's not a reality. Jesus will say in John chapter 14, 6, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's declaring there that his religion is the only religion. Every other religion is false. It's fake. Now either that is a true statement or it's not. We can't have it somewhere in between. Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, period. Now this world out there, if they heard us say something like that, they would think that we are very arrogant and prideful and puffed up, and we think we're just smarter than everybody else. Let me tell you, the message of Christ is a message that the world desperately needs needs to hear, but let me tell you, it needs to be told in a way that doesn't raise the hairs on the back of their head. Now, very often, Christians come across as being judgmental people, just like these Pharisees were judgmental people thinking they know everything and you know this and then thinking they know everybody and you know this that and the other and and whatever and I just want to remind us again that we are we are only beggars looking for bread and if where bread is and, and telling other be- beggars where to find it that's all we are and that's all we are about doing I mean, either Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, or he's a liar. can't have it both ways. Well, the Pharisees are confused at this point because they want to argue that, you know, these things can't be true because people are are never resurrected from the dead. When that is, not even a biblical statement because there are examples of people being resurrected from the dead in the Old Testament, which they cherished. Days of Elijah and Elijah, there were people that were resurrected from the dead. There's a big difference in what's going on with Jesus, and that is this. He tells them here that he will die, and he tells them how he will die. He will be lifted up on the cross. And that they themselves will play a part in killing him. Later on, Jesus uh, in the Gospel of John will say this at eleven nineteen: I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. Because I lay it down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. Jesus is saying some phenomenal things to these people. And unsurprisingly, one of the results is, that many were believing. They were believing what he said. They were being convicted of their sin. They were turning to him. See, this is one of those cases where... Evil people intended to have one outcome from what they do. And they get an entirely different one. They wanted to shut Jesus up. They wanted to be done with Jesus. They wanted to get him out of the picture completely. And what they've done in the end, they have actually magnified him and glorified him. Because more and more of those people who were hearing the message of salvation in Jesus Christ were coming to saving faith. This was not what the Pharisees wanted or hoped for at all. How long has it been since you thought about the circumstances under which you first heard about Christ? When the lights for you began to when the light began to shine, when you began to see these things revealed from God to you, how long has it been? Some of you can't even remember the time that that happened. You've been a believer so far back that you don't remember when you came to faith. That's not true for the most of the people in this room. Certainly not true for me. When is it? How long has it been? is the light shining brighter with every day that passes do you see it more clearly as every day passes do you think the people around you see the light of christ shining more clearly in you i think that's what we all would hope that's all with what we would want Let me just tell you something. You are having an impact for Jesus. You are. Where you are, the people that you engage with, the people that are around you, you are having an impact upon them. Remember, you are the light of the world. People are seeing that light. Don't let, or don't do anything to hamper it. Let it shine. What is that song the kids sing? Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I'm telling you this morning, let it shine. For the world to see. Because the light of Christ shines in you. And the world needs desperately. To see it. Amen. Amen.